Welcome to episode 325 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here. Jason can't join me this week. However, Jason was with me when we recorded our interview for this week with Eric Kluber. This is Eric's third time on the podcast. Very excited to say that because Eric's always got some great stuff to say. And more importantly, this guy's a phenomenal guitarist. He is the guitarist for Void Vader. They have a great album out right now called Great Fear Rising that came out earlier this year. Eric's also known as being a member of Ironot, Gypsy Hawk, White Wizard, and much more. Hey, he even filled in for our buddies in Scattered Hamlet for a bit as well. So Eric's all over the place. So we're going to be talking to him here in just a bit to see what he and Void Vader has going on. They've got a tour coming up starting next week. So we're going to talk about all that. The first thing we need to talk about, even before we get into our sponsors, is that, unfortunately, we lost another another member of the rock and roll community recently. This past week, Jeff Labar of Cinderella passed away. These past few years, we've been losing a lot of people. But we shouldn't be losing guys that are 58 years old like, like Jeff. And less than 24 hours later, Gary Corbett passed away who is the keyboard player for Cinderella and their live touring band. So a huge blow to the Cinderella camp this past week and a huge blow to hey people like me who just absolutely love Cinderella and that sound that, that Jeff was a huge part of. I, you know, talked about it when I made a post about it on social media and said, you know, Tom Kiefer always gets the praise when people are talking about Cinderella, which I mean, the guy deserves praise because he's great, but Jeff de- Jeff deserves a ton of praise as well because that sound that Cinderella was known for, that that just real raw, I like to, you know, I always like to describe it as just a raw, sleazy, dirty rock and roll mixed with blues. And they perfected that sound and they were like the best band of that era mixing that 80s rock sound with a blues rock sound. Them and Tesla were the two bands that perfected that. And Jeff was a massive part of that with his guitar tone. And I can't stress enough that if for some reason you only know a couple singles from Cinderella, dig back through their stuff. If you just kind of blow off that genre of rock, I really think you'd be surprised when you dig into Cinderella's catalog and hear songs like Night Songs, Long Cold Winter, Bad Seamstress Blues you know, sick for the cure. I could, I could just sit here and name, you know, 50 songs cause they don't have a song I don't like, but anyway, huge loss, much love to the Cinderella camp, to Jeff's family, his friends and his fans. Speaking of that genre of rock that could kind of lead us into our sponsors. And the big thing going on right now is this coming weekend. DEB Concerts presents a show at the Ideal Barroom, and it's not just another show at the Ideal Barroom. Unfortunately, it is the final rock show at the Ideal Barroom. The Ideal Barroom, Tom Green announced recently that they're shutting down here in August. August 14th, I believe, is the final day you can go to any of their venues. They also run the Unicorn Club and Enzo. So just get by there and check out Enzo if you haven't. It's a fun place to grab a drink, 
But most importantly, this Saturday night, July 24th, will be the farewell to the Ideal Barroom, and it will also be Eddie Trunk's birthday bash. He'll be in town like he always is to host this show. And this isn't your standard show where you have a couple bands playing. This is a very unique event where we've got an all-star lineup performing throughout the night. This lineup will feature Brent Woods on guitar. That is Sebastian Bach's guitarist. It'll feature Glenn Sobel on drums, Alice Cooper's drummer, Michael Devon on bass, Whitesnake's bassist. And then we will have Sebastian Bach on vocals. We will have Stephen Piercy on vocals. And we will have Phil Lewis on vocals. So you get out there. That means you're going to hear Youth Gone Wild, Monkey Business, I Remember You, Big Guns, 18 and Life, Round and Round, Wanted Man, Lay It Down, Back for More, I Want a Woman, Rip and Tear, Never Enough, Battle of the Jane, Sex Action. The list goes on and on. You're going to hear all the hits of L.A. Guns, Skid Row, and of course, Rat. So get out there and check this out one final time at the Ideal Barn. This does not mean the DB Concerts is not presenting shows anymore. It just means that, unfortunately, we're losing this amazing venue here in downtown Tulsa. So check out debconcerts.com for all the information on that show and anything else that they announce in the future. Currently, we've got Rocklahoma coming up on Labor Day weekend, and DB Concerts presents the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma. That'll feature acts like Puddle of Mud, John Five, George Lynch, and a ton more. So Bullet Boys will be out there as well. So check all that out if you're going to Rocklahoma. It's a huge stage. It's got a ton of stuff going on. So thank you to DB Concerts. We've also got Sunset Tattoo. It's a tattoo shop located in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Their tattoos are done good and proper. They're state licensed. Most importantly, they are mother approved. Jake Thompson does some awesome work. You can check out that work on their Facebook at Sunset Tattoo Tulsa, on their Instagram at Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. If you want to see some pictures, if you want to set up a time to talk about what work you need to get done, send them a message or give them a call, set up a time to get in there and have a meeting and get some work done. I can speak from experience. I've had a tattoo done by Jake and I'm extremely happy with it. And I don't know several other people that have as well. Hell, Eric Kluber might have. I don't know. I know that Gypsy Hawk played Jake Thompson's old venue downtown lounge on multiple occasions. So there's a possibility. I don't know. I should have asked Eric that before I started talking, right? I don't know. So anyway, Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. Give him a call and tell him you heard about him here. Med Farm is a dispensary located in Broken Air, Oklahoma. They're right off Highway 51. You can't miss them. They've got a drive-thru, which is a really cool thing for a dispensary. You can call ahead, text ahead, email ahead, place your order. So all you got to do is pull through that drive-thru and be on your way. But of course, you can go in. You can check out their selection ahead of time at leafly.com. They've got a huge selection. They're always running deals all the time. So follow them on Facebook, MedFarm, that's P-H-A-R-M. On Instagram, at MedFarmOK. And their website is MedFarmOK.com. A special that is always running is if you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order. So very cool. And above all else, they are cannabis with a cause. And that means that 30% of their proceeds go to build no-kill animal shelters. 
That's not a special that's like going on this week. That is since they opened their doors every single day. 30%. That's nearly a third of what they're bringing in is going back out to help animals. And that's a huge thing. That's why I always say you can go to dispensaries all over this town. There's a dispensary on every single block in this town now. So you're thinking, why should I drive to Broken Arrow if I live in Tulsa or Bixby or Jinx? You can drive that 15, 20 minutes from wherever you're at because of that reason. Not because they just have great deals and they're great people, because they're helping animals as well. So check them out and tell them you heard about them here. Finally, we got Hella Hot Hot Sauce, a hot sauce company based out of the San Francisco Bay Area. They make small batch artisan hot sauces. You can check out their entire line at hellahothotsauce.com. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Hella Hot Hot Sauce. Something very cool that they do is they do joint ventures, basically, with rock artists. They've got a sauce with Ghoul called Brain Jerk. They've got a sauce with Florida Frank from Hatebreed called Florida Frank's Florida Heat. They've got a sauce called Garlic Death Grip with Techno Destructo of Gore fame. And they've announced they've got sauces coming from Zetro of Exodus and Death Angel as well. So I can't wait to check those out and see what they got cooking because I've been able to try the Garlic Death Grip and Florida Frank's Florida Heat. And both those sauces are amazing. And yes, they their name is Hell Hot for a reason because their hot sauce is Hell Hot. So give them, give them a follow. Look them up on their Facebook and on their website. Check out what they got going on. Place an order. If you're on the West Coast... They're in a lot of stores out there as well. So look that up. And tell them we sent you. Alright. There's a, there's some stuff going on in the, the music world. But, it, you know, I thought, what could I talk about? But I don't, I think I don't want to. You know, Iron Maiden, you know, has a new song out. They've announced their album release for September 3rd. There's a lot of other bands that are dropping new songs. Bands announcing tours like Black Label Society with... Armored Saint and Prong. I mean, that triple bill is amazing, but it's only a short West Coast run. We, of course, have the Testament Death Angel Exodus show we've talked about. All kinds of stuff to talk about, but I don't want to talk about any of that without Jason here because this stuff's much better whenever we can, you know, kind of bounce off each other. And hey, Jason's always got a ton of great shit to say. So next time we're back, we'll talk about that. And speaking of next time, it's very likely that our episode will be with Diamond Row of Tetrarch, because we have that recorded. We need to get that out here in the next week or so, so be on the lookout for Diamond. She's a phenomenal guitarist, and Tetrarch is kind of making a name for themselves recently. They're one of those bands that a lot of people are talking about, and a lot of media outlets are, are high on right now, so look them up if you're not familiar with it, and we'll be talking more about them in a week or so. All right, but we got to talk about Eric Kluber right now. He has been on this podcast three times, like I mentioned earlier. Episode 82 was the first time. He was back on episode 211, and here we are, over 100 episodes later, at 325. Glad to have Eric back. He's a very cool guy. Like I mentioned, we've got this episode coming out right now. And if you're on the West Coast or the Midwest, you need to be on the lookout for Void Vader coming through because they are heading out on tour at the end of July and August. 
They're playing it around Ripple Fest, Texas, which is a killer lineup. Eric talks about that here coming up in this interview. But that show has Wino from The Obsessed on it with his solo performance. It also has its headline by Mothership, phenomenal band out of Dallas. We've also got Howling Giant on there, a band that I've kind of gotten into recently. Ton more acts. So look that thing up. It's in New Brunfels, Texas. So if you're down near the South Texas area, get over there on August 7th and check that out. But this tour kicks off next Thursday, July 29th in Glendale, Arizona. And then they're going to roll straight through into mid-August. I almost said April. You know, we obviously are not in April. We're in July. But after they hit Glendale, they're going to hit El Paso, Albuquerque, Denver, Oklahoma City, Dallas, San Antonio, Houston. Then they've got New Brunfels for the, for the Ripple Fest I just told you about. Then they're going to hit San Angelo. And then they're going to swing back to California for San Diego, Anaheim, and then hit Las Vegas. So, I wish I was on this tour with Void Vader. I love most all those cities. In fact, I hit San Angelo, Texas this past fall for an event I worked. And, you know, I've been to all the other cities on that list at some point or another. San Antonio is always a blast. I just got back from Denver personally. I spent five days there with my buddy Kevin Graham. We went and checked out All-Star Weekend from Major League Baseball. I know this is a music podcast, so you might not want to hear about that, but we made a trip out of it. We saw the Futures game, the Celebrity Softball game, the Home Run Derby, which was won by my boy Pete Alonzo of my favorite team, the New York Mets. And then we finally checked out the All-Star game. It was a blast. If you're a baseball fan and you ever ever get the chance to check out All-Star Week, do not hesitate to do it. This is my first time to do it. My friend Kevin, the one with me, has been able to do this in the past. He did it once, like I believe it was 2012 when it was in Kansas City. So Next year's in Los Angeles, and he told me he's going because he's a diehard Dodgers fan. So I might, I might have to make that trip. We'll have to wait and see. But anyway, back to the subject at hand, which is Eric Kluber. Phenomenal guitarist, phenomenal band. Like I said earlier, Great Fear Rising is the album that you need to check out if you have not. We talk all about this here coming up with Eric. But I promise you, if you like heavy music, which I know you do if you're listening to this podcast, you need to check that thing out. If you're like one of those people where you only like metal, or you're one of those people where you only like hard rock, I think you're going to like this band either way. They're one of those bands that straddle that line and I think can pull fans from both sides. I would definitely say they're a metal band, but they've got a lot of melody and great vocals. Obviously phenomenal guitar work and great rhythm section as well. So I believe it's time for me to stop rambling about it. Let's let Eric talk about it. Here's Eric Kluber, Avoid Vader. Great Fear Rising's now been out a couple months, and everything I've been seeing from 
you know, metal injection and all these big time sites, you know, you're getting great reviews on it. Both of us think it's fucking excellent. Like how proud are you of this release? Thanks. I'm incredibly proud on this new record. We worked really hard on it. And like you were saying, um, a lot of the websites across the world have given it some great reviews. And so it's good to know that some, that people are paying attention to it. Yeah. It's a, uh, I mean, what do you think? What do you think the biggest like progression from strain it is like, you know, from the last down? Oh, dude, we just, we worked so much harder on this one. Uh, Stranded, a lot of the songs were very old. So by the time we had recorded that album, we had done multiple tours on it. I think the songs, uh, many of them were from the Dehumanized era. And when we were recording Dehumanized, that process took a long time. And we were actually writing Stranded while we were recording Dehumanized. So by the time it came out, especially in its true form on Ripple Music, it was it was pretty old, and the band had done much more since. And and one of the things was, um, we just we needed to work harder on it, and and we did, and you can hear the results. Um, as far as it's more, it's more metal. Um, that wasn't a purpose, like it, it, that wasn't a goal. But actually, how that happened was. We allowed ourselves to go there uh, where the band was when it first started was a lot more of a radio format and we wanted to keep things very simple and to the point and then you started to see some some um, getting away from that and um with stranded stranded is actually a very experimental album in its own right uh, but it's different that's a kind of an alternative rock album compared to now that we allow ourselves to um, just just go there. If it was heading there, continue down the river to it and don't just back off because, oh, this might be a little bit too musician-y. Like, no, let's, let's go there. We want to make something exciting. And, and so that's, you can hear it on the new record. Talk about, I guess, maybe the sequencing of the record in a way. I mean, at least the first few songs. I think the I can't take it. I want more. And there's something wrong with this. That's like a, that's just one, two, three out of the gate. Just, uh, just ass kicker. And I think that's a smart thing to do for your record. Yeah, it was. We thought about how we were going to do the sequencing. Those songs are very digestible. And actually, if you were to break down the record, probably those three are the most radio of all of them. And, and that, that word radio is kind of a bad word. So that's, <laughs> Uh, what I'm what I'm trying because it just sounds like just sell out garbage. That's not what I'm saying at all. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's the most palatable. Uh, right. Whereas the other songs start to break off. Where we got we got Poltergeist. That's kind of a stonery doom sound. Great Fear Rising is more of the thrash sound. MacGyver's mullet is a little bit more like punk rock out of the box. And Fierno is kind of a kind of an epic jam. You know, kind of a. I think I think it's a great way to end the record, um, and then the yeah, losing control is, is a little bit thrashy. So the first three are kind of like let's ease into this, let's capture your attention, and then let's let's then we'll start to divulge and divert off into different paths. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it because that kind of goes into something I a question I actually had, which was 
I think Lucas's voice fits a lot of different genres and that has to be kind of a major benefit when you're writing, I think, because that kind of, like you just said, like you've got all these different styles and his voice works with all those styles. Absolutely. Lucas, he's got a great voice. First of all, he can sing. And let's be honest, what a great asset that is. Yeah. And, and, and being on the road, um, he wanted to get grittier at times so he can grit up his voice, you know? Um, So he's, he's been pushing, what he can do as a singer to to benefit the song and i think he did he did i think he did a fantastic job of it and i think he's got a really unique voice which is you know how some singers they set they sing fantastically and my example is usually in a traditional or power metal genre but man if if you if it's hard to many of them you, you can't tell a difference and that could also be said with death metal singers regardless what i really like about singers regardless of their vocal range, which he has a fantastic toolbox to work with, very blessed individual, but uh, is the uniqueness in their voice. Uh, and I instantly recognize it. I think he's doing a great job of that. I mean, we've been um, developing as a band over the years, um, as I said earlier, and that's one of the things. He's always been a dude. He's, he's been an A-plus guitar player for forever, Okay. But I think what he really worked on, one of the things was, was expanding his voice, the delivery, the dynamic, the, some of the different tones that he wanted to go for some different parts. Melding all those styles together in one album, is that kind of something like you, the, the, I don't know if the right way to say it, the direction you guys want to go to where you're always kind of encompassing a lot of different areas and not just kind of sticking yes. in one, one lane? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and as a musician personally, that's always something that I've, looking back on um, what I've done in the past, that's always something in the back of my mind. I don't think you want to have the same template for every single song. I think it gets, it gets old really quick, even if all the songs are fantastic. Um, I think having different subgenres within the hard rock genre, which there are many, I think if you can do that, I think that's a bonus. And do it well, where it doesn't sound forced. And you, we don't go too far out. I mean, I can't stand ska music, and you're never going to hear that shit on our record. <laughs> you're never going to hear fucking reggae or something dumb like that. Those are people, you know, some some bands actually do that to to force their their um, their style. Like, oh, we are very worldly, and that doesn't go off well. That's not what we're talking about. But uh, we do have the hard rock spectrum. I think there's a lot of sounds that cross over that people will enjoy, especially now. Oh, and one other thing about that I want to get on, because to answer your question, uh, I did, I've done a very long version of it, but yes, I think it adds to, a, to an album to have, some, to have different uh, subgenres within it. I also think it's important to have songs in different keys. You don't always play the song uh, in the key of the lowest note on your instrument. And, that, and if you if you analyze, you'll find that these songs are in different keys, and that helps the flow as well, and the ear fatigue that can come from everything just sounding the fucking same. Right, right, right. Well, um... It, it, you were just talking about that. Yeah, we were just talking <laughs> about, you know, bands tuning down to fucking Y and shit, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, that's a great trick, um but it can get old really fast. Right, right. 
Well, we'll talk about um, how did working with Mike Spritzer come about? Man, what a blessing. And this is all, we're a band that goes with the flow. And what had happened uh, when Lucas was in a band called Heaven Below with Patrick, they recorded with Mike. And Lucas, um, Mike, if, if anyone who's listening is not familiar, Mike is in, from the band Devil Driver. I never met him in my life before this. And I was, had no idea that he was also an engineer, and on top of it, a very good engineer. And Lucas really liked his experience with Mike. And he brought his name up, and I was like, all right, let's go for it, you know? Um, and, and, and it turned out great. That's how it, that's, that was just a real-life um, interaction that uh, Lucas had happened to, to run into him because of the band he was in. And the experience went well. And we just went with Lucas's suggestion. You know, that's a lot of times you're just presented with some um, choices that sound like a very rational choice. It sound, and we're just like, sounds good, let's do it. And, and it, turned out, it turned out the best. It's the best sounding record we've had, don't you? Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah, uh, we, we, are, we got boners for this record. I'm just going to let you know. I'm not trying to be weird, but... <laughs> Uh, just what a fucking you guys nailed it. <laughs> you guys just nailed it with this one. I mean, it's it's everything that a, a heavy metal and hard rock fan would want. I just don't see how I don't see how somebody would be like, no, no, this isn't for me. It just that just doesn't happen with this record. And I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. You you guys got it on this one. Well, thanks so much, and we agree a hundred percent. And I think there's a lot of people that if given the opportunity, a little bit of exposure to convince them to check it out, I think they're going to fucking love it. And I think this, this record, this exact type of record that we made, we made it because it's missing. We made it because we feel like this mu- music is not out there. Who else do we sound like? Who else is doing this like we are? I don't hear it. I don't hear it. I can name some good bands. They're not doing what we're doing. What we're doing is missing. And it needs to come back. And, and so, so we made it. And so with, uh, with some exposure, yeah, I think a lot of people would, would enjoy this record. Yeah, I mean, and that's a good point because I think you can't really, I mean, you can tell someone, you know, what this album sounds like in a way, but you can't really explain uh-huh. it. You can't, you can't say this sounds like so-and-so, and that's what's the greatest thing about it. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, no one else is doing exactly what we're doing. Not at all. Not at all. So it's, it's missing, and we're bringing it. And we'll do it again. So it took, it took work. It took sitting down and just putting in some extra time put, and, and, and going over these riffs a little bit more and putting in some more thought. Not that it was overanalyzed, but, yeah, we wanted – it was the type of effort that was essential to do this, and, and all the people involved were – like excited about it and uh and also you know the research was done to to work with getting the right team together the other guy that was important this guy named nick belmore who mixed and mastered it and that was through uh, joey dibiase who played drums on this record and will be playing drums on our next tour and they're great friends uh because they're from connecticut and if you're into heavy metal hard rock you're gonna know each other and and they hang out and they jam together and so um, to, to give a little backstory on him, 
He's also a musician. Uh, Lucas has brought this up as well. He feels like more of a connection with uh, engineers and mixing engineers who are also musicians. He feels that he can he can um, just communicate better. And I think that's a great point. I never thought of that before. Regardless, uh, Nikki's a drummer, and uh, he plays in Toxic Holocaust, Jasta, Kingdom of Sorrow, and one more I want to throw out there because you'll recognize D. Snyder. So the dude is a uh, – he, he's, he's on board. He's, he's a contemporary, in-the-mix, on-the-ground musician. And once again, a fantastic uh, engineer behind the knobs. Well, well, earlier, you know, you mentioned putting in the work and, you know, sitting down and, and just getting it right. Talk, talk about your leads and constructing them. And, you know, were they one takes or were there some things that gave Definitely you challenges? Not for me, they're not one take. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, know, I can't, um, <laughs> both Lucas and I, oh, sorry, am I talking over you? I'm hearing all this. No, you're good. Go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, Lucas and I compose our solos. That's our own homework, if you will. And so that's completely separate. Um, there's never been an issue, meaning, yeah, he does his shit and I do my shit, you know. Here's your section. Here's my section. And so that's, I can always speak for my own process. And that's, you know, I'll go over the piece, um, freestyle a bit multiple runs until I hear a phrase that is that stands out, that's a melody, that's singable, that catches my ear, that isn't just flutter in the background. That's not what you want with a solo. You don't just want flutter. You're composing a piece within a piece. And, and so it, it's also, I consider them sentences. You know, it could be a four-bar sentence. It's sections. You know, sometimes it's once through the riff or what have you. It's a uh, digestible bit. And then, oh, I like that. And then I'll, I'll expand upon that. Usually it's, it's, a, it's a pretty quick process. But, yeah, that's, it, it's not just improv. Absolutely. It starts off that way. Sure, you have to start somewhere. But it's, it's, comp, it's a composition. And that, that's how I work, just sentences being put together into a paragraph that makes sense and tells a story. How do you think you and Lucas complement each other as guitarists? Um, well, I think it's great because, I mean, Lucas uh, is a shred king, and i got decent skills. But, I mean, you want to talk about he's our shred guy. There is no question. Uh, and, um, and I have... Um, uh, you know, I'm older and, and maybe just like a little bit more, it's a different sound of a, gosh, I don't want to say more bluesy because the guy can out blues me all day, but it's like, I have a different, uh, I, I, hmm, I work within my decent abilities, but there's limits. And that makes, forces me to pay attention to different things that some other people might just blaze through. They might not be in that zone. So I, I, I think my solos have, um, they stand on their own. I think they're memorable. And I think you can tell the difference between the two players. And I think Lucas really likes that too. He doesn't need another guy to double what he does. That's pretty redundant. He doesn't need another guy that's a solo that sound exactly like him. So I think we work really well together, maybe new school and old school. Uh, I don't know if that's the best comparison, but I think that you could kind of follow me on that, you know? 
Um, yeah, and we work well. To, the other thing is that there, there's no competition, which there's no weirdness. There's no, like, showboating. Lucas doesn't have a problem if he doesn't have a solo in it and vice versa. And we're not trying to outshine each other. Like, we're trying to complement one another. And, and we can also, like, match each other and play together. You know, we both matching, uh, like, feels, vibrato, attention to notes. We understand intervals and things like that. Like, we can... We can do it. Give us a two guitar, uh, a duet, essentially a duet piece, and we'll nail it. And that's important. So that's the other end of it as well. Teamwork and, and having something to offer. Each guy has a great plate to offer. It's like the thing, you know, the, the best part of it, you know, is the song and serving the song other than just the members. Absolutely. And, and man, and, and to get deeper on that, like, what the fuck does that mean? Well, that's good riffs. And then that's the riffs working with the vocals. Sometimes you write a riff, and it's so cool. But then Lucas was like, yeah, but I can't. I want to sing this. And the two pieces fight each other. Let's change the riff for the vocal or vice versa. So we're constantly tweaking it to work on every angle. And that's how you have to put things together. It's, it's not always as easy as just connecting Lego bricks. You have to sand them together. Um, and, and so good riffs, riffs that are memorable. And uh, vocal hooks that stick in your brain and make you want to sing along or at least pay attention to them, not just annoying buzzing in the background. Rhythmically, the rhythm has to, and, uh, has to constantly be pushing the song making it exciting. Even a slow song is still exciting. You don't just like put a boring drum loop on and just hit play and, and have an infinite loop. You're always, you're serving the song, but you're, you're guiding the song. You're crafting the song to be the best that it can be. You're not just shitting something out and saying that's good enough, throw it up on Spotify. As far as uh, touring goes, you guys recently announced this tour coming up here in July, and I'm sure that's got to feel good to finally get back out there after this past year and a half of not touring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And we've been working on that. Uh, touring is even harder than it used to be, and it was already hard. So we're thankful to be getting back out on the road. And it's, that's taken a huge amount of effort um, with, with us and our, our booking agent. And um, it is finally happening. We're actually still tight, uh, just working out a couple of uh, final details. But, um, yeah, July 29th and, uh, is when we start in Phoenix, Arizona. We're going to make it out to Austin. <clears throat> We're going to play Ripple Fest. That's what this tour is based around. Then we turn around and come back. And our last show is August 13th at Counts Vamped in Las Vegas. So good two weeks, solid run to get back in the game. And I guess one bonus <clears throat> about being away for so long is we have a whole bunch of new shit to play. You're not going to see the same show you saw last tour. I can't even remember last tour was so long ago at this point, man. Just, it feels like a whole new, whole new age. Um, yeah, bro. Um, we, 
one of these days I do want to make it out to Tulsa, and, and I always put that. And I'm getting a call on the other line. One second, let me bugging me. Let me just. Uh, uh, all right. Hopefully, that doesn't keep clicking. You guys still there? Yes. Yeah. No yeah. problem. All right. Great. Hmm. Mm. Well, one day, you know, uh, we're. I'd love to make it to Tulsa, and I always put it on the list, and it just never happens. Man, that is a tough city to to get into. But we're getting pretty close to you. We're playing the Blue Note again in Oklahoma City. So uh, that is on, take a look, where is that? That's on the 3rd of August, which I think is a Tuesday, Blue Note Lounge. You guys aren't that far from it, are you? We're about, from two, Oklahoma? about two hours. Okay. So, yeah, one hour, that would almost be a neighbor city or like a suburb at that point. But, um, yeah. So, um, yep, we're, we're hitting some new spots. Denver, finally, well, we have played Denver before, but a club called the High Dive, excited about that. So, well, you know what, I don't want to bore everybody with the details, just look it up on, look it up on one of our sites. Well, you mentioned Ripple Fest, and, like, I'm really, yeah. really going to try to make it to that just because that lineup is so stellar. I think so. I think it's worth flying out to. I mean, you guys are so close, you could drive down. But, man. We're, we're thinking about it, dude. That's a plane ticket worthy. <laughs> yeah. Have you played with any of the bands on the bill before? Or would that be a first time with all of them? Or? Um, 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 mostly first time. Uh, there are quite a few bands. I don't have it right in front of me. But when I'm thinking of the bands, it's, it's going to be a first time for everyone I can think of. <laughs> And um, that's, that's really cool, man. I'm excited to play it. I'm excited to go hang out there um, and just breathe in the ambiance and the vibe and have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. It's exciting for, well, real quick, it, it, it's exciting for Ripple as well. I think it's a, it's a cool move. Dude, man, it's fucking chaos outside my window. Let, let me shut this fucking window. It's Hollywood for you, right? <laughs> oh, um, yeah, that's a little bit better. But I think it's also a big, important showcase for Ripple itself. And I've just been really happy working with them. And, and, and it's exciting to see what they're doing and, and be part of, like, have this, as far as I know, this is the first Ripple Fest, period. That's also pretty... Uh, uh, that's a, a nice memory, a little check mark. Yeah. Shifting gears a little bit, um, wanted to mention the, the Tie Your Mother Down cover. Uh, how did that oh, come yeah. about? And, you know, how was it of, of all the Queen songs, was it that one to uh, to take on? Okay. Um, I think that's going to take us all the way back to 2018, right? Or was it 17? Man, yeah, so the years are just starting to just, just be, they're just start, starting to blend into each other. Okay, regardless, we were going out on the road, and I think a tour before that, we had done Wasp, Blind in Texas, and we wanted, you know, that, that, it was a fun addition to the show, and we wanted to do another song. And the Queen movie was out, and it, it was, the tour was happening in the same time, we're like, 
I think everybody had watched it or it had come up in conversation, and one of their rocking tunes was Tie Your Mother Down. Definitely. And, and uh, Lucas has always been a fan of Queen. Me, not so much. Got to be honest. Not that I don't, not that I hate them. I'm just, well, you know, heard of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, I remember Wayne's World. That was my introduction to him, regardless. Um, no, but he was a big fan. He's like, they do this version at Live Aid, I believe. That's really good. And so that's why it has the big intro, which is the exact intro that they did for that song at Live Aid, if you check it out. Um, and, well, um, as far as recording it, when we were talking to Ripple after that tour about the possibility of working together and what we could do, and ultimately we re-released Stranded with more songs. Stranded was out as an EP with six songs and actually a different mix altogether. And so uh, we went back and recorded more material. <clears throat> we actually recorded four more songs, and only two were added to the record, which I was like, huh, I think that's a kind of a waste. What are we going to do with the others? But it turned out great because somehow, um, I don't know if Todd put it together or one of his friends in Germany, because um, he worked with another label, which I, I, I don't know the name of it at the moment, but they wanted to put out Covering Queen, and it was us. I mean, it ended up being us and Moss Generator. And we had this song sitting around in, in the vault. How perfect. And, and it turned out great. I mean, we, we recorded with so many different people. Um, but and it, it turned out cool. I mean, you guys brought it up. You must like it. Yeah, yeah, we dug it for sure. Um, and, and one of the other reasons... I mean, it got a great response on that particular tour, so, and it was fresh. I think we, had, we were coming off the tour, and before Herman moved to London, actually, I mean, we had a, we're always under the gun, but yeah, we wanted to get in the studio. Let's, let's get some recorded uh, Monster, Everything Sucks. Those two uh, songs ended up on, on the eighth uh, song release of Stranded, and then Nitrous, which is a Dick Dale cover, which we had, Actually, we still play that one all the time. Actually, we still play Tie Your Mother Down, too. But, um, uh, and, and those four songs. We, we recorded those four tunes. Also, so for that. Well, last time we had you on, we were talking about No Legacy because it had just been out recently. So, like, now that we're a couple years removed from that, are you having any consideration of doing another one? Um, I put that on hold because um, Boyd Vayner just kind of just constantly took over and there's always something to be focusing on um i was i was proud to release that and i might do it in the future what i've done with no legacy which is my i get my guess my label if you will is i released stranded on cassette because a lot of people kept asking us hey hey um you know like the cd like the vinyl but i'm a cassette guy i know it's weird but I, it's fun, and I'm just rebuilding my cassette collection. And I was like, you know what, fuck, I'm, I'm just going to release a limited run of that. So I did 250 hand-numbered copies of Stranded. And that turned out really well, really well uh, because what you focus on is the authentic cassette tape packaging back in the day, the five-panel J card and how we're going to arrange the lyrics and make it all work because it's, it's a bit tricky on a confined space such as cassette 
it's like an artistic project. It's a lot. It was, we had a lot of fun. Um, my graphic designer Ryan Bartlett, who does has worked with Void uh, Vader for many many years, and um, I'm doing the same thing with uh, Great Fear Rising, and we're actually I'm waiting on the new shipment. Uh, obviously, the CD and the LP came out uh, what a couple months ago at this point. But the uh, cassette tape, man, it's funny how uh, so many of the pieces are sold out for manufacturing. I'm talking about actually the presses themselves have been overwhelmed recently, <laughs> which is kind of fun but I, um, or interesting. Uh, I, one way or another, we're going to have them done before the next for the upcoming tour. So same thing, 250 copies, hand-numbered. It's collector's items, you know, it's like, it's a niche. If you're into it, you're into it. You know, some people actually almost, oh, they almost get offended at me. Like, why would you do that? That's ridiculous. I'm like, hey, people fucking like this, okay? <laughs> you know, you can listen to it your own way. That's cool. Telling you people, they just like, it's almost like refuse to believe it. Or I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, people like this shit. I, it, uh, and, and they do. And uh, it's fun. So that's what I've been doing with my with my uh, imprint with my label. <laughs> well, you'll sell one of those to Jason here because he's one of those cassette guys. Uh, yeah, dude, I <laughs> gotta have. I love the cassettes, man. Hell yeah, man! Absolutely, I'm stoked to hear that. There you go. See, you just affirmed exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, as far as the last year goes, besides everything that you've done with recording this album and marketing and everything like how have you spent your personal time during this downtime of no touring and the pandemic era what i started doing is hanging out my buddy steve um he plays drums in death dealer he's played in drums in a in a ton of bands great drummer anyway but uh, uh he's like dude you gotta come out to the beach and we uh, i live in fucking california but I, i've lived here like over 10 years and not really taking advantage of what this place has to offer and nature wise it's incredible and it's like one hour in every single direction and then go two hours in every single direction from the beaches to the mountains to the to the um hiking trails of all this different terrain everything waterfalls i mean everything you can think of is here that's what i've been doing is um that's been my sundays it's been like a, a ritual man like really appreciating what is out here uh, nature-wise. And I'm glad I have. That's kind of opened up a whole new perspective and appreciation inside my own brain. Before we wrap this up, one thing I wanted to mention that I forgot to when we were talking about the album was not only is it a great song, but MacGyver's Mullet might be one of the best song titles I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was a, well, it's a great tune. And, um, and I think we were talking a lot about mullets at the time and really seriously considering uh, all getting mullets. Fucking great haircut. But, uh, and, and that was like in the back of my head and uh, it was a working title for the song. And, you know, I'd written that song and I wrote the lyrics and I presented it to the band and, and Lucas was like, this is a cool song and I like this, you know? And Sam was like, yeah, we dig I'm, we're digging it. And when the song finally was, was finished, I'm like, okay, yeah, so MacGyver's mullet was the working title. Here's the uh, the official title. It's called Grace, you know, and, and, and 
Sam's like, you can't call it Grace. That's fucking lame. That's <laughs> I feel like I'm going to dinner with my grandparents. Grace, get the fuck out of here. Like, God damn, you're so right. What the hell was I thinking? I was like, I just didn't want like it to be, like I thought it was like too jokey or something. But no, it fits it perfectly. And it is kind of a punk rock tongue. It, like, like it has some swagger to it. And, and, and that's once again, like just being open to criticism or other people's ideas. Yeah, that's, it, it's, it's, um, it, it's a good practice to have and it helps. That's the example of it right there. Like we said, we both love this album and I'm definitely going to do everything I can to catch either that OKC or the Austin show and really looking forward to that. Yeah. Great to hear and talk to you guys again. And I'm stoked at what you always do. You know, I, I put you guys up on the, uh, I'm following you on Spotify. You're one of my podcasts and I'll scroll through, well, check out an episode. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Very cool. Oh yeah, guys, keep it up. Thanks for, uh, reaching out and hope to see you soon. There you go. Eric Kluber, avoid Vader. A huge thank you to Eric for giving us a call recently to talk all about void Vader and what they've got going on. Always a pleasure to talk to Eric. And like I stressed a couple times earlier, check out Great Fear Rising. If you've listened to this whole podcast, I would assume by now you're sold and you're going to check it out. I promise you're going to love it. And not just that, check out their entire catalog. Check out Iron Eye. Man, I love that band as well. That was Eric's band. Previous to Void Vader. Actually, there was a point where he had both going on, I believe, but Iron Knot is no more. Eric also was a part of a kick-ass band called Gypsy Hawk. I got the chance to check them out live years ago. And he was a member of White Wizard. And I saw White Wizard at one point about a decade ago, around the time that I that he was in the band, but I, I don't think I've ever asked him. I need to look up the date of the show I saw and ask him if he was in the band at that point. But regardless, Void Vader. You now know. Give him a follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's V A T O R. And hey, if this is your if you're discovering him because you're listening to this podcast, that's awesome. Tell him you heard about him here. We always love it whenever bands tell us that hey, so and so told us that they heard our song on your podcast or they heard our interview or whatever. So that is always very cool. If you're an Eric Kluber fan, a Void Vader fan. Like I said earlier, episode 211, he was on here talking about Void Vader. And back in episode 82, talked a lot about Iron Knot. So check both those out. He also talked a lot about No Legacy. It's a compilation that he put out. He talked about, I do believe that was the last episode we have him on, 211. And he was gracious enough to send Jason and I a vinyl copy of that compilation. That thing is phenomenal. We discovered some great bands on there, like Aboleth. I forgot how to pronounce if it's Aboleth or Aboleth. If anyone's listening, or Eric, whoever could correct me on that. Zimani, that starts with a T, but I'm pretty positive that the T is silent. I could be wrong on that too, but... Anyway, both Jason and I dig both those bands as well, so... Look up No Legacy. I'm sure you can find it digitally, so... They're on Bandcamp, I believe. All right. If this is your first time listening, we greatly appreciate it. 324 episodes before this one. 
we recently had on Austin Moe, who's a great blues rock guitarist who's pretty young. He's around, I'm not sure of his exact age, but he's around 20, 21. And I think he's a name you're going to be hearing about in the years to come. He's produced by Frank Hannon. We also recently had on who I like to call a friend of the podcast now, Damon Johnson of Brother Kane, Black Star Writers. Currently, Damon Johnson in the Get Ready. He was Alice Cooper's guitarist. Phenomenal guy that I've been a fan of since I was a kid. He's now been on the podcast five times. That's why I call him a friend of the podcast. Hell, I call Eric Kluber a friend of the podcast. He's been on here three times. We also recently had Josh Todd of Buck Cherry on here. We had on our good friend Dusty Grant, our friends in Normandies and Grind. Robert Mason of Warrant, Lynch Mob, The End Machine was recently on here. That was great. We had on Jordan Griffin of Them Evils, another great band out of California. Trevor Church of Haunt is another phenomenal band out of California. And hey, there's something that I believe Jason and I talked about after we spoke with Eric Kluber. And right after we, a little bit after we finished, Jason said, man, I wish I'd remembered to talk to him about Haunt because I, I think I'm remembering this, right? This is why I wish Jason was here because I think Jason said the first time Haunt was on his radar was when Eric mentioned him, maybe last time we had him on the podcast, one of the two times, and he looked him up and the rest is history where we are both huge fans of that band now, as you should be. They've got like seven albums already. Trevor Church is pumping out an album, not per year, like every nine months or so. That's not a joke. That's not an exaggeration. That's for real. He's been on the podcast twice now. Great dude. Great to talk to. Great music. Check it out. Dirty Honey was on here recently. Bound by Years. Brian Weed of Tesla. Wayne Mozanak of Hatebreed. We had on Fred from Creator. Fred Lecklerk from Creator formerly of Dragon Force. Man, we had on Matthew Nelson of Nelson last fall. How cool is that? And I know some of you might be rolling your eyes, but man, I do not care if you're rolling your eyes right now. We also had on Reb Beach of Winger and Whitesnake. That dude's one of my favorite guitarists. We had on Michael Stahn of Dark Tranquility, the godfather of melodic death metal. See, that's what I'm talking about. We go from Nelson to melodic death metal and everything in between. So, Dig through there. Members of Guns N' Roses. Gene Simmons of Kiss. Members of Megadeth. Great White. Tesla. Crowbar. Corrosion and Conformity. Typo Negative. The list is endless. I've been rambling too long about people on this podcast. I spent like three minutes now, right? I don't know how long it's been, but dig through it all. All right. Thethunderground.com. You can listen there. Link to every one of our socials on there, so click on them, follow. Anytime you see a post, a tweet, anything on Facebook, Instagram, if you like it or share it, that's an easy free way to help us out. An easy monetarily way to help us out is to buy a t-shirt or a koozie or a shot glass or anything. Hit us up at ethanunderground.com or message us on, on any of the socials or at ethanunderground at gmail.com. And we can get you some Thunder Underground swag sent to you. Once again, coming soon, we've got Diamond Row of Tetrarch. And I'm not exaggerating here. We have a couple things. We don't like to announce artists that are coming up before it's been recorded because I feel like that's a jinx. 
we had a very major artist scheduled a couple of days ago. And I didn't post about it or talk about it on the podcast, but I told three or four people. And then it fell through. And I mean, it's it's rescheduled, but it fell through for that day. So I feel like I shouldn't have told people. So there you go. I'm not going to tell you. But we have two things scheduled with some pretty big names. And we have another couple big names that we're working on right now as well. So be on the lookout for all that. Follow us wherever you're listening to this right now. Subscribe or follow so you don't miss any of those future episodes. And send us your feedback at thethunderunderground.gmail.com or wherever you're listening. Post, like, comment, all that great shit. All right. Once again, a massive thank you to Eric Kluber for joining us once again. A huge thank you to DEB Concerts, Med Farm, Hell Hot Hot Sauce, and the Mighty Sunset Tattoo. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.